Well, good evening, each of you. It is uh, so good to see you. I don't know, this is always the hard thing for me. Uh, there's been a bond developed over the week, and you all have become very special in Irma and I's heart. It's difficult to have to stand before you and say that we're going to be leaving you in, in a very short little while. And... Uh, you have become a very uh, special part in our hearts, and I thank you for that. Your love, your uh, prayers, uh, I don't know, there's a kinship, and I deeply, deeply have enjoyed our week here. And thank you, and God bless you for your generous, uh, your generosity, your gift of love. Um, we feel humbled. But thank you so much for your attentiveness and your, I, I sense a, a love and a commitment resonating from this audience. And it's special, very special. And so you've been an encouragement to us and I just wanna wish you and all of the families here and everybody God's richest blessings as you serve him and I hope tonight we can be encouraged again to do that with gladness, with joy, to serve him, because there is a reward for the faithful. Our memory verse for the evening, or for the week, or verses, why don't we stand together as we read from Romans 14, verse 17, 18, and 19. Romans 14, verse 17, 18, and 19. Let's read it together. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make of peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Brethren and sisters, we are a strong believer in a two-kingdom concept, in a two-kingdom reality. And the kingdom of God is a special, a special arrangement by God for his people. And you and I can be part of that reality, that we can be part of that kingdom, the kingdom of God. And uh, from it is nothing more than peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that is a reward for his children that we can receive that in and through the kingdom of God. And it is acceptable to Christ. That is another assurance that we can have. And we want to serve him with that confidence and assurance in our hearts that we can be accepted by God through Christ. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And that we can edify one another. That's another reward for us to be part of that kingdom. So this evening for a message, 
I want to encourage us all. I hope this can be uh, just a blessing and an encouragement. The title is The Reward of the, for the Overcomer, or for the Overcomers, plural. There is a reward. And so I want you to be encouraged and confident in the promises of the amazing reward of being more than conquerors. Take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, 1 John. 1 John, in chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, he says here, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. So when we that what it, what it is saying there, everyone that loveth God the Father loveth him also that is begotten or born of him. So by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandment. It is very difficult for us to believe that we can say that we love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind when we don't love what is within the kingdom of God. And that is brethren and sisters that have been born again. So if we say that we love God and don't keep his commandments, that's also uh, uh, a farce. It really is. And so it, that's what he's saying here. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Oh, I must do that. Oh, well, I, I just must do that. Uh, no, let's, let's, let's rejoice in the counsel and the commandments and the guidance and the direction that God gives us because it is, the, it is for the glory of God, number one. Number two, it is for the well-being of our never-dying soul. And let's do it graciously and with joy. For whatsoever is born of God, listen to this, what, or sorry, yes, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water, and, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Friends, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And so when I go back to chapter 4, and look at it, verse 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, 
whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know, we, know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ uh, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have, underscore that, have, present tense, Overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them not. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of air. So when I think about overcomers, I think about individuals uh, that place their absolute confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. That the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary will wash away the sins of our lives and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Is that the end of the verse? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Dear friends, that is the overcomers. Not because of, of our perfect life that we have overcome all obstacles in life, but rather that we are overcomers because we are now regenerated by the indwelling Spirit of God, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and we are now victorious individuals. We have become overcomers. Look at in, verse, in, uh, in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 4. Um, Ye are of God, little children, and overcome them. Uh, I like how he spells that out. Um, it, he doesn't say, Ye are of God, ye muscle men. No, that's not what he said. He says, Little children. And that doesn't mean in necessarily the physical sense as we see it, but as children of God. And we have overcome them. This is big stuff. To overcome the world is not small stuff. And we're not able to. But it is because of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. That is what over, uh, gives us the, uh, the overcoming grace to overcome the world. That, is, uh, that statement has always really challenged me. The way I would feel that I'm an overcomer is if I have you know, muscled it out and conquered it, right? But the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. Think about that. 
So we can, we, we're not just, uh, we, we didn't just defeat, but we are more than conquerors. And so that to me is, is a blessing. And when I think, you know, take, about, take your Bibles and go to First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 6. And I want for us uh, just to understand, you know, uh, I want to give you th uh, three words for you to think about as we are in this world, but not of the world, and that we are uh, men and women that are called to be overcomers by Christ, in Christ. Okay, verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So here was instructions to, to a man of God. And I want to give this instruction to us as we fight the good fight of faith. And it says, so there's three words. I want you to consider fleeing and then follow and fight. See, friends, when I think about being overcomers, we are called to fight the good fight of faith. And that the good fight of faith, and that is to remind us and to encourage us that our trust and faith is in Jesus Christ. See, there's so many times that there's things that distract us and want us to think that we must do to believe in Christ. And yes, we want to live out in obedience, but I want to say we must have faith in Christ. And that is what it is calling us, is to fight the good fight of faith. We must come back again of a total reliance and dependence on Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. And tomorrow again, I have to fight that reality that, no, it's not about me and my physical being and, and able to do what I'm able to do, but rather fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And us surrendering our, uh, our all into the, into the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Because, dear friends, He has already won. He has already conquered. It says that Jesus said uh, these things, or sorry, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you have tribulation. Take heart. This is what Jesus said. Take heart. Because why? What are the last four words? I'm sorry? That, that's right. I have overcome the world. And that is what is so difficult for us. And I believe that, or it is for me, to be absolutely and totally dependent upon God's grace, Christ's overcoming grace of the world. He already did that. And so my reliance and dependence is in Christ for Him to overcome. And we're called to fight the good fight of faith and rely on Him. 
And so when I think about fighting the good fight of faith, and that is when we get trials and temptations and testings in our lives to flee to Christ in the cross and rely on, that, on His grace to overcome. Not in our own doings and capacities. So if someone has overcome, it means there was also a defeat. Think about it. If we overcome, then we also have to realize somebody was defeated. Because the thing overcoming means it is a militant statement, if you will, and that means to conquer and to overtake. And that is, Christ has already done it, and we must rely on that. And so we must flee to the cross, flee to Christ, and allow him to have his way to overcome what we are struggling with. Only by the power of the resurrected Christ are we able to overcome the world. And you know what, friends? It, it makes it so clear in Romans, I believe it is, where it says that the power of the, that same power that rose Christ from the dead is able to dwell within us and giving us that power. And when I think about that power, it, you know what the word, that word power is? It is called dunamis in the Greek. And that is where we get the word dynamite from. I like that picture. I like that picture when I think about um, having a struggle or having something uh, that is weighing us down. I just want to, you know, grab that, light that stick and throw it in there. Boom! And just blow it to smithereens. But that is but the power of the resurrected Christ that can literally dismantle and destroy and overtake those struggles, whatever it is. But we must usher our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ by faith and believe in His overcoming grace that we can overcome in Him, in Christ Jesus. So that I, I find it so encouraging when I think about being an overcomer, not by my own merits, but by the one that has already overcome. And so I want to encourage us all. Um, it, in, in Romans 12, 21, it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible is loaded with encouragement for us to overcome, not in our own strength and merit, but in Christ Jesus. We don't merely survive. We triumph over victory, or our victory. We triumph. Our victory is not based on our own strength, but on Christ's finished work. And we must rely on that. Because we will be defeated if we endeavor to overcome matters of this world that want to invade and, and, and destroy us. We must understand there's only one grace that is able to overcome the world, and that is the grace in Christ Jesus. That power will overcome. 
And I want to tell you, friends, any situation, uh, so I'll just give a little glimpse, uh, in, uh, as I shared with you before, so there was addictions in my life prior to me becoming a Christian. And um, so my, the one addiction was very close to me. It was in my pocket all the time. And to overcome that addiction, I had counsel from a, a brother of mine one time, and he says, how about you, before you light up, how about you pray to God and thank him for them before you light up like you do for food? I was like, look, that'd be stupid. Yeah, you're right. So, instead, what he was, he was being sarcastic, but he made a good point. Anything that we can seek God's blessing on, we should question and consider. And so what happened then is it went out of my pocket and the word of God, I got a little testament at home, still at home, and I put that in my pocket and now there was grace of God, the power of the gospel in the literal sense in the place where the addiction was housed before. So when I went for it, I, re I received the word instead. And thereby I overcome that obstacle by not my own strength, but by the power of the gospel speaking into my heart. And it was the grace of Jesus Christ that enabled me to overcome. I could not do it on my own. And so that's just one example of, of something that we are uh, not merely uh, victorious over something, but we are more than conquerors. So that was defeated, and in the process of, of defeating it, I was empowered by a divine grace that made me more than a conqueror. And that just blesses me when I see that, when I, when I hear that scripture, that we are more than conquerors. Yes, we can defeat, but not only are we defeat, are, did we defeat, but we were empowered by grace. That supernatural power of God called the Holy Spirit to enable us. Oh, friends, that is just so exciting when I think about utilizing a supernatural grace. That is that will, will uh, is stronger and has uh, unlimited capacity to just literally overtake, and that to me blesses me. It really does, and I want to encourage you to think about it. It says it doesn't say we will be more than conquerors if we are in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors. And let's depend upon that grace in full confidence that that grace is for me. And that grace will. And with that confidence and assurance, we can face the Goliaths in life. David, and pardon my terminology, the little squirt, you know, he was just a little, not, you know, not, not a macho. And he was standing there in the face of a giant. 
way much bigger than what he is. But it was a grace, a supernatural grace, that empowered him to overcome. And so therefore, it's important for us to understand this little uh, gentleman was filled with big power and big grace. And he overcame the Goliaths. And now, I would like for us to look at the rewards. Let's go to Revelation. Revelation um, to the seven churches. You know, when we look at the, the opposition that they had, and, uh, and some of the criticism that the churches received, he always concluded, he that overcometh. And so the list of concerns to the seven churches was their allegiance. Where was, was their allegiance? There was hypocrisy. There was, uh, there was a concern about moral purity. There was a concern given about apathy. And there was concern given about deeds. And there was a, a doctrinal concerns that were given. There was concern of compromise. And there was a concern of mix. And so therefore, that is what, there was, uh, what they were facing as the seven churches. And he says, I know your works. Jesus knows your works. Every single one of us here tonight. He knows every thought. He knows every deed. He knows your objective. He knows your motivation. He knows everything about you. Listen to me. You cannot run and hide from God. You can't find yourself in the you can find yourself in the deepest dungeon in this world and God knows where you are. God knows our works. Yes, he does. And so when you look at the, at the seven churches, and I realize that it says seven churches now, uh, I, I, I believe that the word seven means complete and entire, so this, these messages are to the entire church, not only exclusive to the seven churches. And that includes peak. I really do. So when I think about these messages to the, to the entire church, and he used the seven churches here, uh, to, to, for, to convey the message. And so when I think about Ephesus, there was, in, in chapter 2, there was concern. And so he gave, uh, he gave them a warning, and he says, I know thy works, and he goes on to say what those are, and uh, talking about the first love, and and, and that like, well, let's read it from verse 2. I know thy works, thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast uh, patience, and for, many, for my name's sake has labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have something against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from hence, from hence thou art fallen and repent and do the first love or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. 
And then he referred to the Nicolaitans, and there's a lot to be said about that. And then he says, and he that hath an ear to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. See, he's not just talking to the church of Ephesus. He's talking to the churches. This was not exclusive to, to Ephesus. It was, exclu it was uh, a problem or a challenge for us all. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. So there was a warning, the first love. And I want to be crystal clear. The first love is Jesus Christ and him alone. The first love is not his bride. It is not the church. It is Jesus Christ and him alone. That is, if we leave our first love, and if you go back to one of the previous messages, I believe with all my heart the only way that I will lose my salvation is if I purpose in my heart to leave Christ. And that is the first love that he's talking about here. If we purpose in our heart to leave our faith in Christ Jesus, then there will be, uh, we, we will lose our salvation. And he goes on to say there in verse 7, to him that overcometh. So in the face of this, challenge that they are talking about. And let's read those words together again. In verse 7, when I come to, to him that overcometh, I would like for us to read that together. So let's read that together. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. And so look at, at that promise that he gives. To the overcomer of that challenge, he gives us to eat of the tree of life. It, these, remember, these promises are to the churches, including Peak. If we are overcomers, you are going to be rewarded to be able to eat at the tree of life. Does your mouth water? What do you think? Does that excite you just for that reality? My mouth is like, I, yeah, I almost have to, I have to swallow here a bit. When I think about eating off the tree of life, it, I can almost hear the crackle when I, like when I bite into a fresh, just firm apple. You know, you know what I mean? And these are the rewards that God has promised to the overcomers. It is just amazing. And he goes on to Smyrna. And he gives them the challenge there. And he goes on to say, you know, that we shall not be hurt of the second death. Look at what the promise that he gives us. He, he says, Fear none of those things which thou hast suffered. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. He didn't say into hell. And that you may be tried, and that you shall have tribulation ten days. Thou, faith, thou faithful unto, or sorry, be thou faithful unto death, and I will what? I will what? Give, listen, let's say that together. I will give thee a crown of life. 
And he says, you that have ears to hear, let him hear. Peak, congregation, children of God that are assembled here tonight, that are of the kingdom of God, pay attention, give ear. What the Spirit has to say unto the church is. Let's say that together. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. So dear friends, that is the reward of that overcoming faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we are overcomers, we will not experience hell. That is what it's talking about here. We will not experience that future separation from God. And that is a real thing. Death cuts us off from life. Death puts an end to all hope. But we that are overcomers will not be heard of the second death. Praise be to God. That is a gift. That is a promise, dear friends. And that is talking to the churches. And that is talking to the children of God. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. Oh my friends, overcoming by, the, by faith in Christ Jesus, depending on his finished work on Calvary's cross, and thereby using the, or being, uh, uh, being empowered by that resurrecting power, and then overcoming, there is a reward. And then to Pergamos. And he says there, I will give to eat the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth, saying, except him that received it. That is a reward that is going to be given. And when I look at that white stone that it's talking about there to Pergamos, it is, it is talking about... Uh, in the in ancient time, there was, can I say, it was almost like lots taken or votes taken with using black stone and white stone. And, uh, and here it conveys that you were given the vote of Christ, if you will. I'm really trying to make this practical. You were getting, given a white stone as... A, a clarification that Christ cast his vote on you and gave you that white pebble with your name engraved on it. And that is your ticket to glory. Now that is really, really simplifying. it. But that is what he was talking about. And he goes on to say in verse 17... He says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's say that together. To him that overcometh will I give to eat the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth save he that received it. Dear friends, that is the reward, another reward. He just pours on the reward after reward of over, faithful overcomers. Those that have fought a good fight, allowed Christ 
to empower us, to give us that capacity to fight. And that white stone that we will receive is a ticket to eternal life in, with Christ Jesus. Now let's go to Thyatira. There again, in an angel of the church, in verse 18, in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. And I know that works. So there he goes. He talks about it again. He knows the details. And it was not necessarily always a pretty picture what he was seeing. He was saying, I know that works in charity and service and faith and patience and works. And the last to be more than the first. But then he had a few things against him, against them. And then he goes on to down to verse uh, 25. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. Hold fast. And he says, let's read that verse 26 together. And he that overcometh keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over nations. And he goes on to say, Then he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and the vessels of, the, of a potter shall be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So friends, there again, that overcoming power that, that, that is from Jesus Christ, isn't that an amazing reward? In Matthew 10, 32 says, Whatsoever therefore, yeah, whosoever therefore shall confess before, me, before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Dear friends, that is an amazing reality that we can have. Overcomers. Now to Sardis. He that overcomes... In verse 5 of chapter 3, He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Pay attention. That is a promise to every person that has their faith and trust in Jesus Christ here at the peak and any church that is represented here dear friends these are rewards of faithfulness and he says I will make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down from heaven for my God. And that is what he says to the church of Philadelphia, which is the next church in verse 12. Again, him that overcometh. Look at that picture, what he says there to Philadelphia. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. 
and you're not going to need to go in and out anymore. And I will write upon him the name of my God. This is the reward of an overcomer. It is amazing, friends. This can be personally applied to our lives as overcomers. And then seventh, to the church of Laodicea. And he goes on to say there in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So there is an invitation. He is saying to the churches, I stand at the door and knock. And when you think about Jesus Christ knocking on the doors of hearts, he wants a relationship with you. He wants uh, to, to find a dwelling place in that heart. And so when we hear his voice, when he is knocking on our, the door of our hearts, he invites us to open. And I know that for, uh, for, for uh, too many people, it is actually a scary thing to think about Christ coming within because of all that is within the heart. But I want to tell you, friends, if you want a transforming grace in your lives, the only transforming grace that can change your life from a dead person to a new is the power of the resurrection, which is Jesus Christ and his power. And he will come and find a dwelling place. And he goes on to say, and he will sup with him. So he will, and that is a very personal relationship. And he with me. It's a reciprocal relationship that he is inviting us all to be part of. And thereby, we will be overcomers of everything in the world. No doubt in my mind. And then he goes on to say, let's read the verse together again in verse 21. Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Friends, can you imagine being part of that? Sitting? You know, I, I just, how many of you have had your little child come and squeeze right tight inside, you know, the lazy boy that you're sitting in or one of a chair and one of your children comes in and he just kind of squeezes in and sits on the same chair as I'm sitting and they just feel so blessed. Do you know that feeling? Listen, we all can do that with Jesus someday. Sit with him. I, I'm telling you, oh, I, yeah. So come, Lord Jesus. Anyhow, uh, it's just sitting in my throne. He talks about that he was an overcomer. Yes, he was. 
He says, oh, as I also overcame and sat down with my father. So he gives a beautiful picture of a tremendous reward of us sitting in the same seat as Jesus. Oh, isn't that an amazing reward for the overcomer? And so, dear friends, there is many, many rewards. And I just want to emphasize again that this was given to the churches. And that includes yet today the churches. And so, let's keep that in mind. That is the kingdom of God here on earth. And as we pray to God for his kingdom to come into our lives. And so when I think about those rewards that are awaiting the overcomer, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he hath been approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. There is a reward, a crown, that is promised. And who here tonight believes in the promises of God? Do we believe it? Can, but can we, can we really believe it? I, I just want to bless us tonight with those realities and a motivation to be, to be 100% dependent on a grace, a supernatural grace that will empower us to be overcomers and then the rewards will flow. We will receive a crown. In Revelation 2.10 says, Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee the crown of life. That is the reward that is awaiting for us if we are faithful unto the end and rely daily and as the Apostle Paul says die daily and take up the cross and believe and trust and faith in Christ Jesus and the power of the cross Revelation 3.11 says I come quickly hold fast that which thou hast that no one take thy crown 1 Peter 5.4 says and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And then he also will give us a white robe, a victor's robe, white, pure. Oh, friends, the rewards, I could go on and on, but it is God's promise to us in Revelation 7, verse 9, it says, After this I beheld, and lo, oh, I, I just love this scripture. It says, After this I beheld, and, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, all nations and kindreds, all nations and kindreds and people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and they cried with a loud voice saying 
salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four living creatures and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. See, there was worship. There is going to be a reward given to the overcomers that words can barely describe. And there's going to be multitudes and multitudes of these people that are going to be surrounding around that throne and being rewarded. And we will be worshiping. There is a reward, my friends, for those that are overcomers. There is worship in heaven. Another reward. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. It challenges us here, again, to fight the good fight of faith, in, in other words. It says, in verse 35, it says, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourself like unto men that wait for the Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him, uh, not today, but maybe tomorrow. Is that what it says? No, open immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, this is Jesus, he shall gird himself, make himself sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so blessed, are those servants. And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken into. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you don't when you are when you don't think about it or when you're not thinking about it. So friends, it it, it talks here about you know, having our loins girded. And that is how we will be overcomers. And then the reward is there. And it is a call for us to be ready and watching and having our loins girded. And that is my encouragement to us all. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds watching. That is encouragement to us, isn't it? And let's go to Revelation 19. Revelation 19. Another reward of overcomers that we will be rewarded. 
And look at, at what it says in verse 20, or chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. From the, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and I will, or sorry, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them, and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, and, there, and neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of water, of the water of, the, of life freely. And look what it says. Let's read verse 7 together. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Friends, the reward of, overcome, of, of being an overcomer. Oh, I just want to bless you tonight with that true and honest reality that the word of God has promised to us. If we, by faith, rely on Christ, the, the one that has overcome, to be the overcomer for us in all circumstances and situations in life. Let's go to, uh, to Revelation 22 in closing. In verse 6, of Revelation 22, and he said unto me, These things, or these sayings, are faithful and true. Mark that down. This is fact. This is not fictitious talk. This is for real. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to, to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. He says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I, when I had heard and, and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which shewed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it, 
not, sorry, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren shall prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to every person according to his work shall be. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. And many enter in through the gates into the city. For without or outside are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Let's say verse 17 together. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Dear friends, my prayer is tonight that every heart here tonight is ready for that day when he comes. There's an invitation to come. And he says in verse 20, He which testifies these things says, says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. And all his people said, Even so, come Lord Jesus. Is that your heart tonight? Are you, is your mouth watering to eat from the tree of life? Is your heart engaged in worshiping the king throughout eternity? Is your life set? And is your life empowered with that grace to overcome and be an overcomer? Because that is the seal which Ephesians talks about is that seal of God within the heart. And so, dear friends, that is my plea and my prayer for each of us to be the recipients of those rewards that Christ promised to us that are overcomers. How are we doing in life in depending on the one that has overcome to be an overcomer and awaiting those rewards that await his people. Let's pray. Eternal God, we come to you tonight with uh, a heart that is rejoicing, and that is an understatement. 
God, we are, our hearts are worshiping. Our hearts are, are turned towards you with gratitude, with praise, and humility, understanding that you have all that promised and all that prepared for sinners like us. We thank you, God, for the blood. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the indwelling spirit, the comforter. And, O oh Lord, thank you that we are able to overcome by your grace and your help. And so empower us, Lord, each one here, with that power of promise that we can overcome and be ready and prepared and waiting for those rewards. And so just bless this congregation. Bless each one that is here with that peace, with that comfort. And if there is any here tonight that are not ready, that, this, uh, that their hearts are still in a state of fear and turmoil as they sit before you, Oh Lord, I pray that you would draw them onto yourself and work a work of grace in their lives to restore and renew your grace within them. And so we commit each one to you. And I pray your blessing on this community or this congregation in this community as they uh, live this life for your glory and for your cause. And I pray a blessing on the ministry here that they would um, work together in harmony, in harmony and in peace, and that this uh, nucleus of people could be a witness and a testimony for you in this community. So I entrust each to you in confidence and in praise. Through Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.